0: Gary Vaynerchuk called him the DJ who inspires people and Ed mylet called him the modern day Napoleon Hill. At 19, he built then sold a biotech software company. At 22, he was a venture capitalist raising 500 k to $15 million. He now runs a YouTube channel for entrepreneurs with over 3 million subscribers and 500 million views. He's written four books and speaks globally. He wants to solve the world's biggest problem, untapped potential. Forbes is named in one of the world's top 40 social marketing talents, and Inc. named him one of the 100 great leadership speakers and 25 social media keynote speakers you need to know. He set two world records. He owns Canada's largest salsa dance studio where he met his wife and has a giant Doritos bag in front of him all day long to remind him he's stronger than the Doritos. Toronto's his home. He's a husband, father, League of Legends fan. It's none other than Evan Carmichael. Here's where I want to start. Kind of a long-winded question to get us going. At the age of 18, you made the decision to not live a life of regret. You were in Paris, hanging out around the Notre Dame Cathedral. A French girl strolls up to you, asking you for directions. You should have asked her out. You didn't. You took a photo of the surrounding area, hung it up when you got back to remind yourself that regret is most often the things that we don't do. What have you seen be the downsides to living a life without regret?
1: Wow. So Nicholas has done, his, has done his homework. Not messing around. When you first said 18, I thought, oh, he's got it wrong because 19 is when I started my first business. So I was like, I wasn't going to correct you. But then you went to the Paris story, which nobody <laughs> talks about. Uh, so kudos for doing the homework. I like that. Um, what's been the downside of living a life without regret? Ah) uh, I, I don't know. I can't think of something. If anything, I still uh, need to remind myself of not living in regret. Mm. I think it's just on bigger scale. What I've tried to do more over the past maybe five years has been, if I get an idea, I do something about it. If I get an idea, just take idea to action and get the brain out of the way. But I can't think of a time when it's just completely backfired on me that I said yes to something you know, I said yes to me on Nicholas's show, and then, man, that <laughs> was you a go. train wreck. Uh, <laughs> right. you know. But no, I mean, a lot, of, a lot of great things have happened by saying yes and just not judging. I've become pretty weird over the past five years where I say yes to things that I, I, I should not say yes to hmm. and no to things that I should say yes to, and I don't judge myself looking back on it. Even doing, I don't know how we got set here. Maybe you sent me an Instagram message or something. How did, how did yeah. this happen?
0: Oh, I slid in your DMs for sure. A big slide.
1: Okay, so you sent me a DM. I, I mean, people send me tons of DMs about all sorts of stuff, right? There was something in what you sent that, like, I like this guy. Yeah. I don't know if it was a video or a message or like a word that you used or whatever, but there was something like, I like this guy. Meanwhile, today I'm in like back-to-back shows And my team is, like, struggling to get my time to do other shows. Right. Right? Yeah. But we're doing this. Yeah. Why? Because, I don't know, because I I wanted to. That's why. (laughs) So, and I just trust the vibe a lot more. And so, just trust that when an idea comes to you, to say yes and give it a shot. How long were you thinking about inviting me on before you invited me on? Mm. It's a
0: great question. I've been mulling on it for a long time. This is our mutual connection. I interviewed Kevin Palmieri, okay. who is from the Next Level University, and you've been on their show twice. Okay. So since I got in contact with him and he spoke so highly of you, that's how long? So six months, seven months?
1: I mean, I don't think I even looked at your channel or what you're about or whatever. It was just your message and I decided. So yeah. I would have said yes seven months ago.
0: Right. Exactly. Right. It's about taking action, jumping right into it.
1: So, but so you never know. Like, wh- this is this is the thing. And whether it's as big as I might regret this in the future if I don't, if I don't say yes or ask or, or whatever, it's also just the mulling things over. Now, mm. again, kudos to you for then deciding to do it. Cause a lot of people then never do it. They never reach out. They never ask. They never start that business. They never write the book. They never, whatever the thing is that they want to do. A lot of people, seven months later, have already told themselves why they can't do that thing. And so you then, you know, congratulations. Like, you did it. And here we are. And I might have said no, or I might have ignored you, or said, I hate anybody <laughs> named Nicholas. Like, you never know. Yeah, like, you never know true. when you send something what the reaction is going to be. Hopefully it's not, I hate people named Nicholas. Yeah, um, big bias there. <laughs> but <laughs> when the energy is right, I don't know. Like, just when, when you have good intent and you send stuff out, it's just amazing how often you get a favorable reply.
0: 100%. I was almost curious because I've, I've heard you talk about the upsides of living without regret. And I agree with all of them. It's like, yeah, you should always send it. You should always like take action, go for it. I was curious if you like found yourself taking on personality traits of like recklessness, like you went way far on the other side and like discernment was starting to get grayed. The lines were starting to get blurred. Has any of that ever crept into like, I know I don't want to live with regret, so I'm going to go all in on the other side.
1: I don't think that happens. Mm, Okay. You know, there's planners and doers, and the planners need to do more, and the doers need to plan more. But it's very rare that a planner just becomes a doer and stops planning. Yeah. Yeah. Right, so there's people who just plan things for years and then they still don't do anything, and there's people who just take action, but they're like all over the place. And tomorrow's a different action, and the next is, and there's no plan or strategy, and they end up just running around in circles. Tons of action, but not moving anywhere. You're mm. just running in a circle. And so I think it's it's. Uh, I haven't really seen people move from one category to the other, but whatever category you're in, you need more of that other thing. People ask me about humility. It's like, well, you're humble and all this stuff. It's like, okay, well, I need more bravado. I would be doing my my mission more service if I had a little more bravado and ego and look at me and chest thumping. It's taken me a long time to come out of my shell and even say yes to any interview. Like, I've done enough of these now, but if this was 10 years ago, I would have said no. I would have said, no, Nicholas. Like, Or what are your questions? I need to know everything you're going to ask me because I'd be afraid right. of letting you down or letting your, your show down. And so I think whatever those personality traits are that you have, I haven't seen people completely move to the other side. And if anything, you need more of that in your life. So, I, And I would think most people need more of the let's not live with regret because most people live with regret. And there's some few crazy people might have a gene missing or something who like are just insanely reckless and don't care. And maybe they need a little more caution and planning yeah, and right. strategy, you know? <laughs> so it's, it's the self-awareness to know what you need most.
0: Yeah, self-awareness definitely helps. I'm happy that you brought up the idea of bravado and being in front of people because this is the best segue I can find into this next long-winded question. Because I know with that, your manager Steve played a big role in in pushing that. So you exit a software company at age 22, and when you're starting the company, you ask yourself the question: Who has built a successful software company before? And you snagged a tactic from Bill Gates, and then you made a 13 and a half k sale. When you started your YouTube channel, outside of your manager Steve. When you ask yourself the question, who has built a successful YouTube channel before? Who did you find to be the most influential?
1: You know, I honestly got distracted for your whole question.
0: So I'm going to have to have <laughs> you
1: restate it. Because Autosleep I was thinking, I was <laughs> I'm just being honest. I was thinking, where did you find the whole 18-year-old? Because that's not, what you just asked me, here's what's going through my head. What you just asked me, now that's on my homepage, right? Like that's on the homepage as you scroll through. So like, okay, like if somebody's, that's pretty easy information yeah, to get. Yeah. But the 18-year-old thing is not on the homepage, I don't think. I don't even remember the last time I even talked about that. So is that some video you watched or what? How were you doing the research here? We go deep in the archives
0: here. We do deep cuts. I got another deep cut for you if you want to go straight to deep cuts. No,
1: I, I want to respect, you know, your <laughs> format and show, but I, I couldn't help getting distracted by where do you even get that information? Was it some video that I talked about it? Is that how you're watching some of my old stuff? Because I don't talk about that story very often. I don't even remember it. When you go through enough podcasts and, and listen to enough
0: guest appearances, it's it's like the little things that come up that I that I love to snag. All right, okay. So I
1: said it somewhere. Okay, good. Well, mm-hmm. that's good. Well, kudos to you. It stood out. See, I'm glad I said yes to your DM. Here we are having this there great conversation. Go. Okay, so your question was, uh, I, I was modeling success. Steve was one of the fr- people who helped me. Did I model somebody before Steve? The question is, who did you model when you
0: were trying to start your YouTube channel? Because you found a model for your software company. Oh, okay. After, was there a model for it. YouTube? That's yeah. when
1: I started Losing track of the question (laughs) and phasing out okay, (laughs) it's better to get clarity than to to, to, kind of dumbass my way to trying to trying to get a question. And I'll share a quick Elon Musk story after that that I think might be helpful. The two were were uh, Daryl Eaves and Tim Schmoyer, Mm. and. I was getting started on my channel. I wasn't having a ton of success, but like nobody was having a ton of success either. It wasn't, there was nobody again with a million subscribers. And they were teaching people how to do YouTube. They weren't big. And I still don't think they're that big. Tim has since sold his channel, Video Creators, and Daryl posts every now and then. But they were the only two making consistent content about how to YouTube. And I just watched everything. I just devoured everything they made. And then I reached out to them to try to do some kind of collaboration to get in their network. So I talked about, uh, for Daryl, about how, I think it was about how to raise capital. And for Tim was about how to get public speaking gigs. Stuff that I've done in my business career. Because I was more entrepreneurial and had a business background where they were focused on the youtube side and like how can we how can we merge these things together they have a much bigger channel than i do but i have wisdom that could be helpful for their audience and daryl and i did did one collab and then tim and i have done i've been on his channel i don't know 15 times a whole bunch of videos on his channel and it got me connected to the world of kind of youtube experts so yeah those are the first two that i modeled
0: nice now lay it on me, the Elon Musk story. I'm I'm itching.
1: So Elon Musk goes on this major news network. This is a bunch of years ago, and he says that AI is gonna kill the world. You know, like the robots are gonna take over everything. And uh, they ask follow-up questions. Bless you. And they're saying, mm-hmm. like, how do I how's it gonna happen? And, and all these follow-up and he keeps keep saying, I don't know. I don't know. And and as I watch that, these are one of those lessons that it's it's hard to he's not laying out. Here's what to do. You have to learn by osmosis and watching how he reacts. And the thought that went through my mind is, I hope that, wow, if I ever go on some show and I make some claim and, and then I don't know how to answer the question, I don't think I would say, I don't know. Right. I feel like I would stumble my way through an answer because that's kind of what you're supposed to do. And so we kind of just had it happen here where, I totally lost track of your question because I was still stuck and being impressed that you found out about my eighteen year old story. That then I said, you know what, Nicholas, I don't remember your question. <laughs> Can we repeat yeah. that? Right? Uh, where I think an Evan from ten years ago would definitely not have done that and would have tried to find Power some through. some yeah, exact some stumbly answer. And so just the the willingness to say I don't know or to ask for clarification when you don't know.
0: I love that. I, I have a friend who has a very similar experience and story who said he was on a podcast and they were talking about Christianity and he was a he's a believer and he went on that podcast and the guy like hit him with a real tough one and he's like, hey man, I'm going to be honest, I don't know the answer to that. And the guy was like, I've had so many Christians come on here, try to fake it, and I finally respect you for saying... <laughs> Yeah, like being honest and transparent is probably almost all cases is going to be your best bet. You know, just telling the truth and and being in the moment. I hope so. It's just a constant reminder for me, at least. Amen. All right. I want to jump to another deep cut because you got me so excited. So, your favorite entrepreneur is Mm AP Giannini, Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. founder of Bank of America. And I also believe he's the founder of the Bank of Italy previously. Mm -hmm. Why is AP your favorite entrepreneur and what about his story captivates you?
1: So, AP Giannini. It was an Italian entrepreneur. It it, it came into the United States and started basically seeing how a lot of immigrants were not treated well at the banks. Like you could not get a loan if you were an immigrant and he ended up selling his, he had his, he had his business, he made some money, he sold it. And the Columbus savings and loans bank asked him to join their board as an immigrant, represent the community, et cetera. But they still wouldn't lend money to immigrants. And these are people who otherwise should qualify, hardworking people, whatever, but just wouldn't, they wouldn't, they wouldn't give money to immigrants. This was the thing. Yeah. And so he said, I'm, this is not happening anymore. He left the board, went across the street, founded Bank of, of Italy. Yeah. And he lent money to immigrants as well as other people, but he lent money like specifically towards this mission of lending money to immigrants. So I, I love the uh, yeah, that's the, like the starting point of like he had a he had a belief and he's he's not going to stand for the current way and he's going to go across the street and do his own thing. When there was a huge fire in San Francisco, burned down a lot of the buildings, including a lot of the banks. People needed access to money because like oh my gosh, my house just burned down. I need money. All the banks were closed for days, so. A.P. goes to where his bank was, gets two barrels and a plank of wood, and starts lending money to people who need money off of a handshake and a look in their eye. You wow. can imagine like a banker wow. giving you a loan off of a handshake and a look in their eye. And he liked to say that he judged a man's worth by the calluses on their hand. And so he, was, he stood there in the, you know, all these buildings are gone, and he's sitting there with his two barrels and a plank of wood, Lending out money to people. And so he was like the believe banker. He gave Walt Disney the money to fund Snow White when everybody thought he was crazy. Yeah. Nobody's going to want to watch a cartoon that's feature length. Like, you're crazy. Cartoons should only be three minutes at the short, like be- before these other movies are playing. And Disney went in and Epigeniti gave him the money to... To create Snow White, and so he's like he's the believe banker who bet on the little guy and helped the entrepreneurs out, and there's lots of those kind of stories that that he's done. I'm just highlighting a few of them, more my favorite ones. Yeah, and it's just, I, I think it's a shame that most people don't know who he is. Even Bank of America, yeah, they don't know who he is. Like I, I remember I I called Bank of America because I wanted to do a profile of him, but there's n- there's no video content. Like you can't really find interviews with him. So, obviously, I have a YouTube channel. I need video content. I connect with the PR department of Bank of America and say, hey, do you guys have any AP Giannini old stuff? I'd love to do a tribute. Like, it's, a, it's not slamming the bank. It's, it's just a tribute to the founder. Or, or, sorry, I didn't say the founder. It's a tribute to AP Giannini. And then they said, who's AP Giannini? <laughs> it's like, dude, he's the founder of your bank. Yeah. yeah. Right? It's like, wow, their own PR department doesn't know who he is. And so that's fine. Whatever it's become some giant company. I, I mean, I'm Canadian. I don't, I don't really have an experience with Bank of America. But I love the early story and the, the willingness to, to believe in entrepreneurs and bet on the little guy and try to help them out. I, I just see me doing my version of that through the videos that I'm putting up every day.
0: As a fellow Italian, I also love it too. Let
1: me, let me show you something.
0: Hold on. Please.
1: So you can't see this in my office, but this is a giant AP Giannini picture. No way. That I look at. So <laughs> on my wall in front of me, I've got a Steve Jobs picture. I've got my parents and me when I'm like eight years old. And then this giant AP Giannini picture. And people, when they, when they come into my office, like, oh, is that your grandpa? Or like, who's that guy? Because <laughs> he's not a recognizable yeah. guy, but yeah. there he is. Amadeo Pietro Giannini. That's so huge. It's such a large
0: poster. Oh, that's incredible. I love that. So inspiring. AP, doing it for the people. For the sake of time, I'm going to jump to another topic, which is unfortunate because I want to stay on all these topics forever. So I've heard you discuss that 80% of the content system is getting people to have an emotional reaction to what you create. What strategies do you have in place to ensure your audience has an emotional connection with your content? You need to
1: have an emotional connection to the content. Mm. So you do an interview show. How many of these have you done on this channel? We're approaching 171, 171 about 171, 171 interviews. Okay. So like, if you're going to do interviews, you better like doing interviews.
0: Yeah. Amen.
1: Cause you're going to be 171 interviews in and then hate your life. So for people like, I'm going to start a podcast. Cool. But you better like talking to people. Even if you're like, I'm introverted, I'm shy. It's not natural or normal, but I like serving. And so this is one of the ways to do it. But if you don't, if you're doing it just as a strategy, you're gonna lose. You have to actually be curious about people. And then you have to bring on guests who you actually care about. Right? So if you brought on a guest who, like, you love their story and you love something that they've done, then that's gonna light you up. And if it lights you up, it'll light up the audience. Versus if they're on just for a strategy, Mm -hmm. you know, if it's like, I'm gonna bring on somebody to talk about passive income, because right. it's trending, but like, you don't care about passive income, right? Then it's gonna be the most boring, maybe you do, I don't know, but it'd be the most boring interview, you know, of all time. And so the key is, is making content that you deeply connect with that you get super excited by and your energy will create energy for the people watching like, oh my god, this guy's so excited by it. I'm gonna get into it too. Man,
0: that's sound advice. Hot dog, got another one for you. So while on tour, you broke your neck and you had to wear a neck brace for 60 days. And this is a a story. I was going to say, this is a story I want the details on. Oh,
1: the camera cuts it off. I have it here. And you look at it during hard days and say, this is the best. It's just out of frame. Yeah, there it is. I wore this thing for 90 days. There's duct tape. It's hard to see. There's duct tape on the front there because it was starting to wear down. Yeah, I broke my neck in Denver. And then I had to, I stayed on All my places. tour. So we're doing 90 days, 23 cities in 90 days was the tour. And uh, this was two thirds of the way. So we said a whole month left and uh, decided just to keep going on the tour. How did you
0: break it? That's what I, oh, I, oh, how I How did no, I break I, it? Yeah. Um,
1: not, not anything super sexy. I fainted. Uh, so no I'm, I'm into, I'm sitting at a chair and um, researching biohacking stuff. I love biohacking stuff. But I'm also pretty squeamish around like blood and in in general. Wow, you're you're asking for it, kinda. Okay. Okay. Yeah. And then and then I started to feel a little woozy, but whatever. I was really into this thing. And then yeah, and then I, I fainted, which I have never done. So I fainted and I hit my head on uh the wall and I had this giant scar. You can see videos of me. I I kept making videos. So I got this giant scar here. And then I broke my neck in two spots I'm, and one of the bones is still broken. It's like just, they don't want to go in. It's not worth going and doing spinal surgery to fix it. And so I continued on my tour. I had a concussion for, uh, you know, a serious one for like a week and then it started to get better. So that was rough, my first concussion ever. But um, yeah, not, not anything fancy. I just, I just fainted. And when I got back to Toronto, my home, I went to get a checkup and, and see if I can take this off. And he said, you're not supposed to break bones sitting out of a chair. Like, you need to have more, like, car accidents, some force. That's really weird. We're going to do a bone density test on you. And so we did a, a bone density check, and I passed everything. So it's just a, it's some weird angle that I fell at. Huh. And, yeah, I wish I had a better story. But, no, I just... I just fainted and broke my neck in two spots.
0: Do you feel like it was meant to be? Do you feel like that was something in your life that had to happen to learn a specific thing? Or was it just like, yep, I, I'm living you know, with this?
1: Yeah, I know. I But I mean, I learned a lot from it, but I don't really, I don't judge it. You know, it's like, oh, this was meant to be, like it happened. And it was one, I, I look at this and I don't even remember, like, I don't know if I could do it again. Right. You know, like on hard day. think about what I'm, what is a hard day now? You know, I don't know, like, yesterday was hard because I woke up at three with this crazy idea that I started working on and I w- worked from three to five, uh, three to 8am and then went back to bed and was like super tired yesterday because I was up at doing a crazy work streak, but I broke my neck and I kept going on tour. You know, I was, I still went and we did how many more cities, maybe eight more cities. And the last stop was Cleveland. And at the end of that, I just, I, I was on the floor, like I passed out, not passed out, like lost consciousness, but it was finally the end of the tour. And I just lay on the floor at a hotel conference room for an hour and a half because it was all done and like, like we can go home. So I look at it and I don't know that I can do it again, but it's a reminder that I am this person and the things that are hard right now are actually not that difficult. I, I can't. Oh, I think we lost them. Okay, good. Well, That was a great episode with Nicholas, and he's done a hundred and something episodes. I think he said 160. So here's my commitment as this little bonus. I'm going to end with maybe a quick little speech and then a special bonus for Nicholas if he gets his video uh, so he he can keep and share with you guys. What I loved about all of this was Nicholas did his work. He did his homework. He did his homework, he dove in, he did his research, and he's back. <laughs> I just kept talking. I just yeah. kept going. Like, you crashed out. Like, okay, I don't know where he is. So I'm just going to fill some space here for Nicholas. when, uh, when he. I didn't know if you were going to come back or not. But here he is. He did his homework, and now he's back. That was so wild. That was so bonkers. Man, I, I, okay, well, I got a minute and a
0: half left. You good for one more? One more question? Do you want two? You want none? You bouncing? What's your choice?
1: Real quick, what do you got?
0: Okay. Well, one quick. Ooh, final question is, what does it mean to
1: live a fulfilling life? It's a big one. Everybody wants to wake up and feel like what they're going to do matters. Like, I think fulfillment comes from feeling like you're creating something that's going to matter to somebody else, not just for yourself, not just a selfish pursuit, but we all want to feel like today is going to matter. I'm going to make something that's going to matter for somebody else. And some of us, you and I, we want to have a big impact, change the world, do big things. And other people, they just want to help the people around them, their family. But if you woke up every day and felt like today doesn't matter, nobody cares, if I show up or not, it doesn't make any difference, that's the path down to anxiety and stress and depression and suicide and a lot of dark places. But if you felt like today was going to matter and you're going to make something today that may not change the world but can touch one person's life, like it means something to one person... That's the path to a fulfilling life.
0: Evan, thank you so much for coming on the show. Appreciate all that you're doing. Big fan. And uh, if there's any way that I can continue to support this you, is I will. One,
1: what, what episode is this again? 170?
0: 171. Yeah, something like that.
1: 171. When you, when you hit 250, I'm coming back. Deal. That's a, a promise and a commitment. Okay. When you get close to 250, message my assistant and, and uh, we'll figure out, you know, schedule and everything. But episode 250, Nicholas and Evan, round two.
0: I love it. Your name's written in stone. It'll be there
1: for sure. Okay. We'll get more deep cuts going.
0: That was the episode, you just listened to it, Evan Carmichael bringing the house down. My internet went out, and that's the first time that's happened since I was doing these in the burb. It was very surprising, and it's very funny that it was this episode with Evan. And when things like that happen, it's just more character, more flavor, and depending on the person, it could really end up great. So that's why everything that you heard about Evan just riffing for 30 seconds, that's where it comes from. And I think those make for great moments, so it's staying in there. If you enjoyed that episode, you're going to love episode 149, Adapt or Die, with Chris Doe. It sounds like Chris is going to attack you. It's not what it's about. It's about preparing your business for rapid change. Go check out that episode if you're in the mood to listen to more, leave a five-star review, and please share this episode with a friend that you know would enjoy it or get something out of it. New uploads every Friday at 6 a.m. I'll see you then. Bye.